Okay. Well, um, I'll start off. G'day, everybody. It's um, another episode of Suddenly Subtly. And it's Chris speaking, and I have... Um, We've got a VIP with us yeah. today. Yeah. Very kind of you. Hello, everyone. Cat, uh, I'm back. Um, I'll be back in um, the promised land in about a week or so. I'm moving back to New South Wales with a new job. But I've been living with my friend Powan in Melbourne for a couple of months. Um, Powan, Powan just sort of shook his head, just then. It's like, we're, we're not friends, we're just housemates. <laughs> but Powan's with us too for this episode of Suddenly Subtly. Say, say hello to all, all of the millions of listeners, Powan. Oh, this is never, I don't think I've ever spoken to such an audience before. Um, but hello, everybody. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm very <laughs> nervous. Um, well, yeah, it's a star-studded cast. <laughs> um, it's nice to finally get around to another episode. It's been ages. Yeah. It's been um, a long time between drinks. When was the last time we did one? Mm. A month ago, I guess. I guess. Yeah, prior to, oh, prior to the lockdown. Gee, wow, before I left. I think so. Before I left yeah. in South Wales, yeah. Um. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, back on, back on the airwaves. So, uh, yeah, raise your glasses, I guess. Um, but we're in, we're in Melbourne today. Chris has crossed the border and come to Mexico. Um, and he's escaped the heat of... Um, New South Wales today, there was a subtly change, wasn't there, Chris? There was. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm some sort of uh, heat refugee today. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, as all the listeners know, um, I'm not sure if Alan knows, fully knows, this is a podcast that sometimes podcasts about, um, <laughs> mostly about subtly changes affecting the central part of the New South Wales coast. It's very niche. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. It's so niche and yet so popular. Oh, the, that's the, true. The listener base is just so massive for a show that's so niche. Does it go international? Do you have to translate this? It does It does go to Canada, but we, we don't translate it into French, the second uh, official language of Canada. It's Maybe that's what's holding it back. We. <laughs> But it's been a grand day here. We, I, I went for a work walk early in the day, and it was sort of a drizzly rain about six to eight a.m. Um, in, in contrast to temperatures in in um, my neck of the woods, which were probably in the low thirties at about that time. After a warm night. After yeah. a warm night, yeah. It had been. Did you read? It had been a record-breaking. Uh, there had been some records broken. Yeah, Bankstown broke a record for hottest minimum hottest night. Since records began, maybe 50 odd years ago. Wow. Someone yeah. else checked that. I didn't check that myself. Mm. So the girl from work said that Bankstown had broken a record. But then she also said that Sydney Obbs Hill had broken a record that was 53 years old. We all know that the record base for Obbs Hill is, mm. you know, it's got like over 150 years worth of recorded data. But maybe the maybe the record was set 50 years ago. But yeah, she didn't make it sound like that. She said it was the hottest night in 50 years and that it was a record night. <laughs> anyway, look, I've talked about it too much, but it might not be a record given that I haven't checked myself. It's second-hand info. Hmm. Have you spent much time up that way, Alan? Uh, Sydney side, I mean. Almost none. Alan knows more about Canberra temperatures because he lived there for a bit. I know nothing about any temperatures. As a filthy civil servant. And don't, yeah. don't try and get me to talk about the weather. Oh, sorry. Um, do, would you like... I didn't even ask you this. Do you want to be um, referred to under your pseudonym? Or are you happy to be called Powan? What, what's my... Peter Kincaid. <laughs> that's not my pseudonym. That's who I really am. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. Okay, Peter. Um. <laughs> but I'm not there yet. Um, do... Uh, I think I've only been to Sydney. I went once as a kid and other times to visit you. Did, didn't you go to see a Cure concert one time? 
No. Did you see a concert and stay with me? I remember you coming home super drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a... That was just someone's... That, that was when I walked from your place to... I don't know, some four-hour walk or something. Where did you walk to your ground? Is it... No. Como? Is that a... What? Como, yeah. That's to the south, like the other side of a little river. George's River. Yeah. Surely I, you couldn't have walked there in four yeah, hours. That's yeah, like, it. I walked somewhere, well, no, maybe it was just, it was called Hotel, I think it was called Hotel, no, I can't remember, anyway, it was a four hour walk. Let's oh, um, do a four hour radius oh. around my old house and see where you could have I gone to. Actually, yeah, I think Como's on the other side of the river, but it might not be, maybe it's just this side of George's River. That would be, could be four hours. I mean, if you, if you realistically, <laughs> it could be if it was that long. Okay, maybe it wasn't, because I'm not the fastest walker. But anyway, I... It's impressive that you did that, though. Thank you. I didn't realise... I don't think I quite realised what that walk would entail, especially <laughs> in the heat. And also that Sydney is not so flat. Right. It's quite up and down, Yeah, so my knees hurt by the end of it. Um, anyway, and I got to the pub and then got really drunk. And then not even sure how I got back to your place. Really. I mean, you could have... You could have walked it, and you're right, it's just the other side of George. Let's let's get directions by walking from, um, from my old place. But yeah, and so, was it a hot day? Uh, it wasn't that hot, I think, but maybe too hot for a four-hour walk. <laughs> uh, and, and me not being very fit, I think. I remember you meeting... Three hours and 56 minutes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> You would have you would have walked through like Hurstville. Sure. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. I've I've got I've got a segue as they say. Oh. He's gonna bring it back. <laughs> Bankstown is on, on the Georges River. Oh, so the it, yes. It was the place that broke a record. Not wow. far from where you were, not that far. I I can't believe I was near the place where history was made. Wow. A heck of a walk. What's funny is that there's also a train station that goes through that suburb called Como, so you could have taken a 25-minute train ride. I feel like <laughs> I must have caught the train back, right? Oh, I guess so, yeah. The Como Hotel is in Como. It's near the water. Sure. <laughs> this is some years ago. I want to say it was at least five, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I barely remember it. Yeah, interesting. I thought you were there for a gig, like seeing a gig. No, it was um, someone's birthday, and maybe it was an important birthday. Oh, like a 30-something. Surely she's... Mm. Everyone in Canberra, all my friends in Canberra were... Younger. A fair bit younger, but maybe it was the 30s. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, was I 30 then? I wouldn't have been 30 then. Five years ago. Maybe it wasn't five. Maybe it was like... No, it was five it years was ago. It was five, yeah. Because, yeah, I was in Canberra and then I came up. Because I, by that point, I'd already got the bomb job. That's right. Um, and I had planned to come in with you on that Sunday to see... How shit the office was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still remember when I was... You could have met Peter Z. <laughs> when I was applying for that, or when I got it, or something. At some point, you told me, oh, you're not going to like this, and I oh, should have yeah. listened to you. I, I did this thing where I was just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't... You know, like, people make their own decisions and... You know, I, I don't want to come down too hard on this, but I was just like, I, yeah, I was like, you, this is a bad idea. I, I really don't think you'll like it. And then Pat was like, no, it'll be great. And I was like, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. But then, you know, you did that thing where you took leaves out paper to use and it's like, really worked out, so. I was quite lucky. <laughs> um, that's true. <laughs> I was saying this morning, I don't think I'd do the leave without pay again. Because I like the idea of having a, like this clean break. A hard break, yeah. Mm. Kind of like Brexit. With no That's backstory. how I like to model my life. Mm. You'll say, no, we'll have a hard border across Ireland. Because we'll I've been saying that for you before Brexit. Anyway. <laughs> um, I, I love how um, politically hardline you are and you yeah. damn the consequences. That one I actually do feel a little bit bad about saying because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've, I've been a bit flippant there with an issue that is not a flippant or carefree thing. Um, When you started this podcast and you decided to name it 
sudden, sudden, sudden. suddenly suddenly yeah well that's that was your idea wasn't it was it? yeah chris is very good at naming things wow captain sudden's <laughs> as you can see from the name of this podcast it's a great name it's a great name what um what happened like what was the thing that motivated the name suddenly changes the Why wind, was, sorry, I'll the rephrase. Tends sud- like suddenly, very, very suddenly, like it's northwest, and then suddenly comes through. That's cold. It's a great thing in summer. And is this something where it makes you feel so? You were like, what inspired you when you thought about these changes to go? We need a podcast about I think that. it's something that um, in that part of the world, and maybe you know down here too, for sure. After a hot day, but yeah, maybe there are more hot few more hot days uh, per year up there and so you know like the southerly buster is is a very well known antidote to that sort of affliction um, it lives in the Sydney psyche yeah I think that's right it does and all along that central part of the coast to, mm-hmm. to Newcastle like my 80 something year old neighbour in Newcastle um, he, he's done it a few times Ross He's asking, there aren't as many southerly busters as there used to be, Chris, are there? It's sort of totally right across it. Um, so I think even the first fleet, when it was sh- sort of sheltering in... Did they get bugged on by a buster? Yeah, because Botany Bay is notoriously exposed basically all directions. <laughs> but yeah, um, they were there in, in the heat of summer and then a buster came along and they decided they had to leave and seek better shelter, I think is the story. I think you're right, actually. I think I remember this, yeah. So, yeah, it goes back a fair way. Mm -hmm. Um, In Sydney, I remember the old forecasters even telling me how it was called the brick fields winds. So there were a whole lot of brick factories or Mm -hmm. pits or whatever to the south, and it would blow, like, all this dust Mm -hmm. up over everybody in the city. Maybe that was even it. In the 50s or something like that. They got rid of all those, didn't they? Those brick fields. Yeah. So, um... It's a thing. It's been a thing for a long time. These subtly changes. Yeah, it can be, like... Like, as Kat was saying, like a really pretty dramatic event. It's like a... An awe-inspiring natural event. It's crazy. It's like it's super hot. It's like 40 degrees. And then... Um, sometimes in 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes, temperature drops 10 degrees and it's like, thank fuck, I was losing. And then another 10 minutes later and it's 22. It goes from 40 to 22 yeah. in half an hour. We read today somewhere dropped 18 degrees or within an, in an hour. And I know that happens like here sometimes and down Cape Otway. Um, but yeah, maybe there's a certain sort of, yeah, just because it's a hotter climate, you know, like inland, Sydney coastal parts get the sea breeze and on TV it reads as if it's 29 but most of Sydney's 40. Yeah, Penrith, Bankstown yeah. will get 40. Yeah, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. But then, yeah, you get this really sudden burst of cool wind and it's just like, oh, I can finally relax. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's like some sort of gift, isn't it? Yeah. we. I like to live in a place that has windows that face south because when, the, you know, the fucking hot day comes, if your window faces south, you're cool first. Yeah, Chris had a lovely place in Newcastle that had windows that faced south, yeah. and they're really often very gusty and strong winds. They, you know, they rattle all the windows. And it's just nice. They're a nice thing. And we used to have to. Well, I used to have to forecast them in Sydney, and so did Chris. And sometimes they, um, you know, you have to put out these arbitrary warnings. You know, the wind gusts are expected to cross some sort of threshold. And it's just, yeah, we spent a lot of time over thinking about it. Yeah. Weird. It was a sweet thing too. When we were, um, first started the podcast, it was a really bloody hot day. <laughs> <laughs> we were waiting for the suddenly. <laughs> the, the flat that I was renting, yeah, it's wonderful when the suddenly hits. But prior to, you know, it had big brick walls. Facing west fully, and north. <laughs> fully exposed. <laughs> so I guess it maybe started as a day when we were trying to um, find something to do to alleviate the mind, thinking how... <laughs> Bloody hot this is. <laughs> yeah. We used to go to the cinema, but then they closed the cinema down. And the cinema was great because it was cheap. It was like eight bucks a ticket. And you could just watch in the heat of the day. You could go into an aircon place. 
but yeah, the, the cinema closed. I guess because it wasn't making enough money because <laughs> tickets were stupid cheap. Yeah, I think Kat, in some of those early podcasts we did, you know, um, she called, she, she sort of said that we were looking at the lived experience of weather. You, you definitely said that. Oh, no, I'm quite yeah, sure it was you. Definitely, it was, we could go back and check. I thought, I, I think that that's a, that's a really sweet thing, because we, we kind of share that as a group of people. I mean, unless you want to sit inside and just in front of the aircon all day, and I'm sure if you want to and do that. Jerk off, I know. Yeah, that's my right. favourite thing. Living the dream, right? <laughs> but it's, it seems like it's a great equaliser, the weather. You definitely said that. Yeah, when it's hot, we all suffer, right? Yeah. How yeah. much you can, well, you know, there are some things you can do about it, but we all suffer. That was definitely you, that was your sentiment. So, yeah, I guess it's, they were our main motivations, you know, just, um, I suppose, having a bit of fun with, a real, you know, difficult hot day. Yeah, was was it a heat wave when we stopped? It was. Yeah, it, it was, was really hot inland for many it days. It was. Yeah. yeah, we were watching temperatures inland, you know, and um, then I guess winds tended more westerly mm -hmm. and, you know, the hot air came to the coast. And, um, it was nice to be able to, you know, relate to that a bit, given what had been taking place over the bulk of the continent. Mm -hmm. Previous days, but I guess also it was a way of it's been a way of um, uh, understanding a little bit more about it. Like in the early days, I got well, we both got a few papers, and we read portions of those papers. Mm. I think Annie was involved in one of those. She could have been, yeah. yeah. She could have been. Our our wonderful Canadian listener. Our most dedicated and, and loyal fan. You might even call her a rapid fan. How uh, crazy she is. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think she's sending some positive feedback about those those paper episodes. She did like to know a little bit more about the science. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, <laughs> there are some really super sweet, very empirical papers, observational papers from the old days. Like, I think they started researching it Hunt, maybe in the early 1900s, um, the Southerly Buster. And then, you know, a fair bit later, in the 70s, um, <laughs> they, people... They didn't make a lot of headway. <laughs> <laughs> um, people in the Bureau, and also CSIRO, and maybe Monash Uni, started to look at it much more carefully. And there were a whole flurry of papers. It's funny that Monash looks at it closely and not something like, what's that famous uni in Sydney? Yeah, Union New South Wales. That's it, yeah. Well, they got on board later with the modelling when Lance Leslie went oh, there. Of course, good name. Yeah, <laughs> and we were, Kat and I got uh, really interested in this. There's a whole a bit of a mystery as to why the, you know, there's a passage of a trough that the southerly changes seem to behave like a density current at times. Sometimes they seem to be um, uh, some other more of a wavy style. They, they seem to have like different personalities and so it was kind of fun to you know look back through the papers and see how their little model evolved I don't think we really did a very good job of that on air it's fully half-assed yeah that's true but yeah we got into that for a little while that's I think fun. that's fair to say yeah that was fun there's a type of um, what was that called ducted ridging that was an old term from like the 80s one of these great researchers, or a couple of them, wrote a paper about this special type of ridging that seems to take place up the coast. So they, they really pinned the change, not to the passage of a trough or like a localised density that's current. That's how I think of it now. I think of it as that. Is that how you think of it too? Yeah. I've, I've yeah. Depends the, on the day. Yeah, interesting. I've left the density current stuff sort of behind. Yeah. So it's an interesting little thing to get your head around. Um, I reckon there's heaps of um, uh, material there. <laughs> But it's pretty hard to, you know, talk about it when you only half-assedly know it. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to talk about without pictures, right? Like it's hard to to describe, uh, you know, like a geographical feature, or, you know, that happens over a large area. Yeah, that's true. You know, are, we, are we describing where each fucking part of the changes every hour for the next across, you know, each part of the? Do you know what I mean? Like it's that's exactly right. Some of the early episodes, Valen had 
we had little charts. Chris had analysed some charts during his shift or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. It's like, here it is at 8, then we read out some odds and stuff. But like, <laughs> A, who knows where half of these observations are if you haven't worked at the Bureau in New South Wales for five years. Like, you won't, yeah. <laughs> you won't know where these weapons are. Very niche, I <laughs> bit indulgent, yeah, but... Oh, look, and again, I mean, given that it was so niche and so indulgent, so surprising that we have so many listeners, like, thanks everyone for, oh, you know, continuing to listen. Um, sweet of you to ask that question. Yeah, it's opportunity to fill you in a bit. It's, um, listeners. I thought that they, as I, would like to know a bit about the, how we've come to this moment. I feel like the listeners want to know more about you, Pam. What's your favourite type of weather? Mm. Uh, Chris sounds really interested as well. I would like to... Um, let's get back to that. <laughs> we'll uh, take that on notice, isn't it? <laughs> at, the, at the risk of, of being... Um, uh, bringing the, the mood down, is there much um, Indigenous weather knowledge on... On this podcast? On the, <laughs> on the southerly change... Or um, is it the case that in that part of Australia there has been too much displacement to, to have? So there's, there's definitely um, a weather calendar, you know, the Bureau has, um, that has had input from um, people of the, um, like, Eora Nation, which is roughly that Sydney area. But um, I don't know specifically if there's stuff on the southerly bus, though. Um, I know that in New South Wales... Um, some community groups uh, like I think I was looking at the calendar in winter um, and yeah these community groups have really picked these um, blustery kind of westerly winds with plants and so yeah uh, winter was or the months sort of close to winter um, were known as being windy periods um, and sometimes wet uh, but yeah I didn't look at it for summer because I think I was yeah, just interested in winter because it happened to be the time that we're currently in. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to have someone on the podcast talk about these things from an Indigenous perspective. But we don't really know anyone. If a listener would like to suggest um, a, a guest that could that could help us out here, that would be great. If, if Anna would like to. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and, and all the... I, I guess we live in hope that that one day there'll be another listener who, um, yeah, who, who might just be able to, yeah. I mean, do you, can you recommend anyone? I mean, I assume now that you've been on the show, you've also become a listener. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry, I was just... Uh, Two listeners, everybody. <laughs> I was overwhelmed by the fame now. Like, this this changes things for me in a Peter way. Peter Kincaid is going to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> are you interested in like when you travel do you look for these kinds of shared weather experiences in other places hmm. I mean I don't uh, um. I like the idea I think my, my kind of when I think about travelling in the weather I like the idea of being in the UK and I've not looked at it, and so I have no, like, I don't know why, but I just like that it's often cloudy and it often drizzles and it's cold and your socks get wet and you sort of feel miserable. I like that. I like trying to forecast what might happen during a day when I'm in another place by just looking at a morning satellite image and trying to find some sort of weather side too. Oh, that's, that's cool. Uh, it doesn't really work that much, but... um. Like it's, I'm often wrong, but I enjoy doing that, but I guess I don't really know people enough, usually in the place that I'm going, mm. um, to get a feel for how it might affect um, the psyche of, say, the people in that area. That's true. I think of all the Sydney people I know, only whether people have talked about this. The, the southerly? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know, Pam. I, 
biscuits. If, if it's a hot day, uh, my, you may be right, but like my my impression <laughs> is, if, if if there's a hot day, they'll ask, someone will ask, is there going to be what time's the change? Not is there going to be change? What time is the change? Mm. That, that that's reasonably common. Um, do you think it's because the Little River Band popularised that song? That's true. Have you mm -hmm. heard that one? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Are there um, cool copyright issues perhaps? I'm so out of key that no one will <laughs> recognise this melody. But yeah, there might be with the lyrics. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, um, you, you're probably right. It's like, you know, when you're too close to things. <laughs> you, elevate the importance. But well, the um, other sweet thing about these changes is that uh, maybe it's a little bit different to here. They come without any warning. Oh. And they come without any cloud, I mean. There's mm -hmm. no cloud. And maybe sometimes, if you're really lucky, right on the coast you might see this spiralling <laughs> bit of scuddy. Yeah. yeah. We've never seen a rope cloud like right over the land, or I've never anyway. We got close to that one time in, was it in here? I think it was. We were but they're still, they're still over the water. But yeah. So sometimes um, there's this... It's one of those niche things again. But these <laughs> solitary waves apparently um, come out ahead of the main change and can produce this little line of rope clouds. It can be hundreds of kilometres long. Yeah. You see them on the news that big. That's how we know where the change is without any obs. I mean, without any yeah. um, surface obs. You can just pick it from the satellite image. You can if you're having a good day, but like a, a lot of the time, anywhere near convectional warmth, then they don't last. Mm. They're gone. So you may see one way out to sea, but maybe along the coast, or you could see this rotating little bit of strata. So it is. I, I think that might be something I should have mentioned earlier. I think for a layperson, that could be a mysterious sort of thing, you know, like a thing of interest. I should say that um, I don't know if I've been to Sydney in the, like summer, um. summer, like when it's really hot, and so maybe people aren't talking about it then. But yeah, maybe like uh, maybe we haven't diversified enough. I mean, we're both the sort of people that like to sort of dig down, like rather than make the river wider, we, we sort of make the river deeper. <laughs> Fool ourselves in saying anyway. <laughs> um, <that'd be> right. <laughs> so we really wanted to do a good job of, of solving this. But you know, so. yeah, there's a lot of lived experience other than just solving changes that I guess we've touched on at times in this podcast. That's um, true. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, with regard to Melbourne, you know, like it might be like the grey of winter, you know, that, that sort of, like it's definitely greyer here than say Hobart mm. um, or the eastern capital. Um, so, you know, that might be a strong lived experience here, that strata cure or the drizzle that you can get in this part of the world. Have you got any feeling about that? Is that real for you? Or? I have very little feeling about the weather. <laughs> um, so good to have you on this show. <laughs> I may be working for the wrong place. But I like the idea, uh, because I'm not very observant, so I don't think I um, see the, especially like the physical world around me very well. Um, and I am not very good at being aware of what I'm feeling. So I could have a whole bunch of sensations in a day, but not recall it because they, <laughs> they make a little impact. <laughs> but I feel like I read this somewhere, I can't remember where, or maybe I heard it somewhere, that one of the nice things about the weather is that it's one of the ways that you can feel the effects of the world turning and so it doesn't just connect you to the people in Sydney but connects you to everyone everywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I guess not from the International Space Station. Let's not forget about them. Are there people there? Whoa, okay. That's a bit difficult. This is like when I made that flipping joke about the, <laughs> the Irish border the now. The hard border, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot like that. <laughs> the ionosphere, the hard border. <laughs> Rarefied social. I reckon that's a really nice sentiment though that connects you because like I've been thinking a bit like that this year. It's just the first year for a few years I didn't go overseas for the, for the winter. And I've really enjoyed the aspect of seeing this, the, what seasons we have here turn. Um, I'm up here like, we don't have real seasons here, but you know, <laughs> the excuse of the joke of seasons that we have here. There yeah, is but a winter's small pretty variation. right on up there. Yeah, there is for sure. It was a really nice winter, and then the spring was discernible, um, and not too hot all of a sudden. And then, you know, we've kicked into summer today, as we've mentioned, and yesterday, actually. Yeah. Yesterday but was the hotter day, actually. Oh, it turned out to be the hotter day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yesterday at, like, 6pm, uh, it was still 39 degrees in the city. Oh, jeez. 39.3. So, yeah, really hot day, hot early, and then a hot night broke that record oh, yeah. and then yeah today at 6pm or well, it's likely to come through but even at 3pm we were only down at 36 or something degrees oh, yeah. for the rest of the series I said yeah oh, some cloud came in over the top that's right yeah. yeah but I, I kind of felt that the, this changing of the seasons actually noticing that for one of the first times in my life <laughs> um, was, was like something that like somebody many people would have done in the past so, you know, it wasn't just, it was some sort of pleasant connection to, um, yeah, older times, more simple times, and people that had come and gone. I felt like, yeah, I really got that, that little feel this, yeah, this year, being in the, the one place for a certain period of time, particularly <coughs> living out of town a little bit and uh, on the edge of the countryside. So, yeah, there's... Whenever I notice the seasons changing here, I think of the people that I know who live overseas. I think that, yeah, they're going into whatever opposite season, you know, we're going into. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I ask, um, I ask Anna and Maria if we're going into summer, whether it's arguably colder on the days or noticeably shorter, and they'll say something like, "Not yet," and "Yes, a little bit" or something. So yeah, yeah. the seasons changing. I I, I notice those too. Um, particularly this year when it sort of suddenly became spring and yeah winter was so bleak here when it suddenly became spring it was uh yeah there were nice flowers everywhere and stuff and, and then I thought of how they would uh yeah Anna and Maria would be going into fall and how um that's also a nice time of year you know with changing colours particularly in Canada like lots of trees that are deciduous and it can be quite striking um yeah, it's nice to it's nice to think about that. I think I enjoy that. Do you get a sense from um, being quite knowledgeable about the weather and knowing lots of people that in this wild organisation? Uh, no, knowing lots of people outside Bond that that don't have that same awareness of the weather. So uh, you were saying that. Uh, you know, there was some research into the subzone in the early 1900s, but it did nothing for about, well, no, there was very little progress in our eyes for 70 odd years. And that made me think of what it would have been like to experience weather in the past, because now it's quite easy. Most, even I, <laughs> shamefully, look at the bomb app every now and then. I try not to. You don't just go to the website like all that us? You don't have it as like a favourite on your chosen web browser? No, because I think that somehow seems more involved. It does. Yeah. <laughs> the app, I, I can be more careful. It's more at a distance somehow. Um, which is somewhat odd, I guess, because it's a, like closer and more accessible and yet further away. But... <coughs> Thank you.
do you think that there's much difference? So presumably in the 1900s, um, uh, people would have been more like, oh, the weather can do whatever, right? It would have been harder to know what's happening. Um, you would rely on climate more. Um, but they wouldn't, well, no, you wouldn't have trusted the people who would have had long-term climate knowledge, maybe. Well, maybe you just sort of went with it more back then. Do you think that the people that you talk to who are not interested in the weather have a similar kind of experience to things? Possibly. Yeah, I'm going to say that, like, um, well, I'm not sure maybe, but uh, is this sort of what you're asking? Like, some people are outside on what I know to be a hot day, but they're wearing long pants and a long t-shirt. It's obvious that they haven't, you know. Some of those people may feel temperature. The weather, you know, the weather is obviously, doesn't come into account when they make some decisions, right? Mm. And they just sort of, they wear it. Like, whatever, you know, weather thing happens, it's fine. Mm. Um, or, yeah, they, they don't care enough about it to factor into their decisions. Um, yeah, I think there are some people like that. But... I want to say that maybe, given that it's so easy to get weather information quickly about at least the day that you're, you know, when you wake up, I feel like most people just at least have a look at whether it's going to rain or not and pack an umbrella. Like, I feel like at least most people in cities do that. Mm -hmm. I get that sense. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I suspect. Also, people in the country are... are Always in their cars anyway, so like, whether it's hot or cold, yeah. <laughs> rainy, dry, thunder, lightning. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I think I'm outside with Bowen a bit. Like, I, I prefer not to know what's going on. That's crazy. Do you really? Yeah, that's my prayer. And then as I get to the day, and if it's like just, there's nothing worse, the worst weather, not the reason why we chose this podcast, the worst weather in the book is a 40-something degree day. Yeah, there's nothing, it doesn't matter how cold it is, you can wear it. Yeah. Even if it's raining 10 degrees, that's fine. Yeah. You put on more layers or you stay inside under a doona. Mm. But yeah, there's, there's nothing to be done if it's 42 degrees. You know, and like, particularly like a weekend, like it's been with a warm night in between. That hot There's day. nothing more demoralising. <laughs> yeah, it's so bleak, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I prefer not to know that that's coming. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was living out in the country a couple of years ago. Well, actually, I didn't move in there. Um, there was just a debacle. I bought a small house way out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so I couldn't face it. It was so isolated. <laughs> The people, the people were crazy. Some crazy neighbours. Oh. Absolutely mental neighbours. But they were very sweet. I can remember sitting around uh, out the back, and it was a nice day, like 30 odd. The cows. We yeah. knew the cows. And we were playing guitar, and out of the blue, Bruce, very sweet, but like crazy guy, he just stopped the guitar, he's having a smoke in his mouth, and he goes, Can't believe it, it's gonna be hot tomorrow. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> you know, the weight of the world. Yeah, 43, 45, whatever, it's, what can you do, you know? Um, so I, I, I often think of him, and I think he, he's really shown what it's like for a large amount of humanity, unless you're lucky enough to be living and working in a, like a all fully air-conditioned environment. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people like that in modern houses and things, but I, I personally haven't been in that situation, I don't think I want to fall into that situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah, for me, it, it's it's a profound thing to have a couple of hot days. I don't want to know about it until I have to face it at the very last minute when some crazy neighbour tells me it's next door. Interesting. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah. Would you prefer to live in a place where, so, you know, for us here, we prepare for summer. Summer is a hard time of year. In winter, you know, it's very mild, but, you know, not much happens, right? Not a big deal. But yeah, summer is the, you know, you got to get ready for, you know, whatever fire shit storm or whatever. 
Would you prefer to live in a place where winter was the season that you prepared for and summer was the easy going thing? Yeah, like um, yeah, yeah, like um, if you don't have enough eating, you're probably going to freeze to death. Like, would you, would you, would you prefer that? Like, I actually don't know. I'm not sure either, but I've been thinking a bit about that, that summer aspect. Like, even the rainfall. I mean, the fact that everything dies under the extreme heat. But even the rainfall is sudden and harsh. (laughs) You know, with thunderstorms. For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. Big thunderstorms. For sure. It's a very harsh. Season. Yeah, like, you know, find only here, like in Europe, right, you know, maybe the suddenness is not really there with the winter, mm. but the harshness is there. Like, heaps of shit dies in the cold and stuff. For yeah, sure. Like yeah. I guess it's, it's a way, uh, I guess, the what it, whatever, I think I'll be bullshitting on about this a bit later, and it's hard to put into practice, but whatever pain that comes along. as much as possible I suppose rather than run from it but I, I found myself this is not answering your question but the day before the hot day <laughs> looking up um, housing for sale on the west coast of Tasmania <laughs> <laughs> you can't get much bigger runner than that <laughs> yeah I'm not sure I think that's a really interesting question I've never been through a winter not a nasty winter me neither, yeah. I, I don't know. It feels like it would be such a foreign thing. You know, like, I don't even know that you... I don't even know how you prepare for a really cold winter. You just get a whole bunch of wood or something that you know you can burn. It's just dry. I don't know. You know, Russian gas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It makes um, Angela Merkel bend over backwards. Germany's got to get that Russian gas. Don't worry about invading Ukraine. It's fine. We'll, we'll let it slide. In fact, everyone internationally will let it slide. Yeah, how was winter in the UK? You loved it. Uh, I think that I was lucky enough to live in. Well, I was in London, and I wasn't in a shit place in London. So I, I, I think there'd be lots of really shit places where um, your radiator or your heater wouldn't cut it. But I didn't have that issue. Mm. Um, there were times when, you know, you'd come in, and but you'd still have to like wear extra layers until the radiator kicked in. Yeah, but nothing where I thought my life was in danger. Sure, sure. Um, I wasn't homeless, mm-hmm. uh, or I didn't live in a very rural place, and also. There is so much going on in London that, uh, like socially. Well, yeah. Um, there's always events. There's always things to go to. There's always things that if you um, needed to, you could distract yourself from the cold. That said, I don't think I experienced um, very cold winters mm-hmm. when I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have snow? No. Oh, it did, um, a little bit. Sort of water stuff. Yeah, I went to New York at one point, uh, and when I got back, I think I'd missed oh, a bit of snow event. in London. Yeah, I see. But there was snow in New York, which was quite fun. Um, and I've not, I've not lived in a city, I've not seen, I hadn't seen snow in a city, so that was quite a different experience for me um, where it wasn't like some special event to be at snow it was just something that you had to wade through while you do your normal life Um, I have to say New York is impressive in that it has actual seasons it snows here the summers are fucking hot and so many people live there Mm -hmm. but anyway sorry go on yeah but they do really well they get 39 half 30 like above 30 down here now and it snows there, like routinely. Yeah, kind of like Japan. They know what they're doing with their seasons. I don't know. I only stayed at one friend's place in New York, but it seems like they know how to build for it. 
record. I think it must be that one. 